something that everybody wants. And yet not everybody has. But the best part, anyone can get it. And even better than that, God wants to give it. This thing we're going to talk about today, no one is exempt. No one. You can have it. That's right. Just keep on moving. You can have it. Think about it. People in every nation that speak every language, that are in every culture, desire this. Everybody wants this. And God wants you to have it too. You know what we're going to see today? Oh, we're going to see something good. We're going to see, because of Christ, I can have joy. I like that. Because of Christ, I can have joy. Because <laughs> we all want it. Oh, one thing about this joy. The possession of it is conditional. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a condition to get it. And you know what that is? Well, we're going to see what that is today. Right here on New Hope Radio. I'm going to give you 10 aspects of attaining this joy. We could call them 10 conditions of attaining this joy. Six from the Old Testament, the Psalms especially, and four from the New Testament. And you know, it's in God's Word, and if God says it, He means it, and He gives it to us as a gift. He says, listen, this is how you can have the joy that you want and that I want you to have. Number one, joy goes to those who put their trust in the Lord. Now again, when I talk about joy, we're not talking about, oh, it's a beach day, I'm so happy. We're not. That's not joy. We're talking about the inner type of joy that is stronger than circumstances. Okay? All right, number one. Joy goes to those who put their trust in the Lord. How do I know? Psalm 5, verse 11. Let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Think about it. You take refuge in God. And you are glad. And you find yourself singing happy songs. Psalm 33, 1. Sing for joy in the Lord. Oh, you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. So what are the righteous ones? We're going to see who the righteous ones are today. And by the way, anybody can be righteous. It's not like, well, you know, you're a select, privileged few. Anybody can be righteous. There are actually about 153 references to singing in the Bible. You know that? Wow. And I truly believe that music shapes the soul. So what you listen to can actually impact your very life. Singing is an expression of what's in your heart, right? If your heart is downcast, you're going to be singing the blues, Right? That's why it seems like sometimes we identify with certain kinds of music depending on the mood that we're in. 
When we're downcast, we don't want happy music. We don't want the Beach Boys. We want B.B. King. We want the blues, you see? But when you're happy, then you want surf music, right? So when you truly take refuge in the Lord, oh, your heart will overflow with worship. Nothing else provides the joy that God's music does. See, that's the thing. God's music, worship music, that will, that, that'll even change your mood. That will bring you joy. So music isn't just a matter of style. It's a matter of the condition of your heart. Where your heart is, is affected by the music that you listen to. So there's great joy in listening to God's music. Secondly, joy goes to those who are in the presence of God. Because joy is in the presence of God. The Bible tells us that in Psalm 16, verse 11, in your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. What does it mean, in your presence? It means, actually, to be almost face-to-face with the Lord, to be in intimate relationship with Him. That's what it means. You enjoy being before the Father. But you know what? The word your is in the plural. Oh, you know what that signifies? The Trinity. So now we've got the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, they're in there too. So you're in that personal relationship with the Trinity, and there's where you find great joy. This means you're not mindless toward them. Because relationship means to be mindful. See, when you're in a relationship with someone, your mind is on them. And when you're not, your mind is not on them. Thirdly, joy goes to those who, I like this one, live in their salvation. You know, it's one thing to be saved, but another thing to really live there. So in Psalm 32, verse 11, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. Now, who are the righteous ones? Well, it's those who are born again through faith in Christ. Those that are saved. God makes us, what? Righteous at the moment of faith. So he says, okay, rejoice you righteous ones. Rejoice you believers, you people of faith. Shout for joy, all of you who are upright in heart. Now, what does it mean to be upright in heart? I believe it means now you're going to live in your salvation because you live life, oh, here it comes, from the heart, right? You live life from the heart. The issues of life and death are in the heart, right? So the upright in heart are those who live in the fact that they have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, born from above. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says, listen, Shout for joy, all you who live according to your salvation. So again, you know, don't settle for saying, well, you know, I, I believed in Jesus. No, you gotta, we wanna, we wanna get the greatest benefit from that and live in the new creation that God has made us to be. In Psalm 71, verse 23, the psalmist said, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you and my soul which you have redeemed. Oh, there's somebody who gets it. 
This guy right here, he understands redemption, what he's been bought from. This person really appreciates the fact that they are truly saved, and it gives them joy. Think about it. How many people each Sunday, either they're in church and they either say a prayer or they raise their hand when the preacher says, you want to get saved, but are they really saved? I mean, does saying a prayer save you? Does raising your hand save you? I remember doing altar calls and had 30 people come forward for salvation, and then you know what? Never see them again. Did they really get saved? I don't know. I don't know. So there's more to that. It really is a heart thing. It's something that goes on in the heart. So we're talking more about just some mechanical response to the gospel. We're talking about the thought life, because thoughts originate in the heart. And what you think about will either give you joy or give you grief, and you make the call. So you see, when, you, when, you, when we're talking about your relationship with God, it begins in your thought life. That's where it begins. A lot of, a lot of preachers today, they make it mechanical. They make it what you do. But if it doesn't begin in the heart, what you do, well, it doesn't have any value. It really doesn't. It's just mechanical. That's all it is. You know what the Bible tells us in Colossians 3.2? Set your mind on things above not on things of the earth. Why? Because God, <laughs> what's above? God. What's below? The world. Set your mind, set your affections, set your heart on things above. You know why? That'll give you joy. So, if you want joy, it's where do I direct my thoughts? Where do I direct my mind? What am I looking at? Ah, oh, that's a good, that's a, a good way to, to, to go after the joy that God wants you to have, okay? It's just a matter of redirecting your thoughts. That's all. Redirect them from the things of the world and direct them toward the things of God. Number four. Here's a good one too. Still in the Old Testament, okay? Joy goes to those who know God's grace. That's a big one. Oh, that's a big one. David knows God's grace. He knows God's grace is a forgiving grace. And he can go to God after failure with the confidence that he will be restored back to fellowship. You know, when the Bible says David is a, is a man with a heart after God, it doesn't mean because he did everything right, because he didn't. Oh, he did a lot of things wrong. He probably did more wrong things than you ever will but he was a man after God's heart. Why? Because he understood grace. He wrote in Psalm 51, verse 12, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. David always went to God after he failed. He wasn't like Judas Iscariot. Judas failed, and then he went and he hung himself. He beat himself up not understanding the grace of God. But David understood the grace of God. And Jesus hadn't even come yet and redeemed mankind. But see, when you understand God's grace, you always go to God. And you never have a reason not to go to God. 
You always go. He's always there waiting to be gracious. So this is a special joy that probably we can all attest to at times, the joy of being forgiven. You know, forgiveness is always there. It's always there. Don't ever let the devil tell you, okay, that's the last straw. There's no forgiveness for you. It's not true. Jesus died for the sins of the world. All the sins of every person, they've all been atoned for. That's the basis of our forgiveness. Go to God, and in grace, He'll give you the forgiveness. Grace means what? He does it as a gift. He does it freely and willingly because of who He is, not because of who we are. Question, do you know God's grace this way? Do you know that He is a forgiving God and that you are washed in the blood of Christ and you are accepted in Him? Do you really know that? I I don't know if many believers are really taught along those lines. Because that is vital. That's the foundation of our relationship with God. That God is a forgiving God. The precious blood of Christ has washed away our sins. And we are accepted in Christ. That is the, that's basic. That's where we begin. And once in Christ, you stand accepted by God. Yeah, the King James Bible says we're accepted in the Beloved. And you know what? Jesus is the beloved. So if you're in him, you're accepted. That's it. That doesn't change. Accepted means I'm not rejected. And it means I'll never be rejected because I'm always accepted. Number five, joy goes to those, and I like this one, who believe the creation account. That's important. It's really important to believe in the divine creation of all things. The Bible tells us, and and that's why Christian school is important. You know why? Kids will learn that. They go to government schools, they're going to be taught, no man, there's no God, he didn't do that. This This is some kind of explosion. And then things just happen mysteriously. We don't know why, we don't know how, but it happened mysteriously. That's like, oh, are you kidding me? Give me a break. When you understand the divine account of creation, you not only have truth, you have joy. And I'll tell you why. Psalm 92, verse 4. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. Here's another guy that gets it. Here's a guy that can look out his window and say, Wow, God has made all things. Everything that came into being has come into being by God. Now, this one may sound a little strange, but for me personally, I have joy knowing that God made all things. That gives me joy. Knowing God made all things gives value and meaning to life. If it was a random Big Bang, act of evolution. What would the purpose be? What would be the purpose of life? If there's no mastermind behind the whole thing, what's it all about, Alfie? What's the purpose? But oh no, God made all things, including me. And you know what that means? 
I'm not afraid of aliens. <laughs> I'm not afraid of UFOs. I'm not afraid of anything that's out there. You know why? Because there's not. There's nothing out there. That's why. That's why I'm not afraid. I'm not worried. God made us. And that's the way it is. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. The Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 13, For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. Oh, I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully hatched. No! (laughs) Fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. See, I have joy because I know God made all things, including me. And he, he, he had a plan for me even before I was born. That's why abortion is so evil. Because God has a plan for people before they're even born, which means they exist in the mind of God. And we're stealing from God when we kill an unborn. We're stealing from God. And we need to stand firm. We need to stand strong. Now, if you've fallen into that sin, there's forgiveness. Don't ever be guilty of any sin. Because God has forgiven you if you belong to Him. Number six. Joy goes to those now... Okay, I'm going to wrap up the Old Testament right here with this one. Joy goes to those who love the Word of God. Psalm 119, 111. I have inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. Here's somebody that just gets joy from reading Scripture. And when, here's, see, sometimes words don't mean to us today what they meant to people then. I have inherited your testimonies. The word inherited means to have a prize possession. So he's saying, your word is my prize possession. And because of that, it puts joy in my heart. There is joy that comes from reading the scriptures. You read the word of God. You know, I you read the gospels, read Ephesians, but read the life of Jesus. And you know what you'll have? Great joy. God's word in the heart creates joy. Now think of it. If you're void of truth, you're void of joy. If you're full of truth, you're full of joy. So we're talking today about, like we said, joy is in the thought life, the thought life is in the mind, and we store scriptures in our heart, and that shapes our thoughts. And that's the basis of our joy. So there's six wonderful Old Testament principles of having joy. Now we're going to move into the New Testament, and we'll see number seven. Joy goes to those who live according to the kingdom of God. Romans fourteen seventeen, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, we keep going back to the thought life. When we live in the kingdom of God, it begins with what? Righteousness and peace and joy that comes from God. See, picture God's kingdom. God's kingdom is a cool kingdom. Oh, it's, I shouldn't even use that word. It's a magnificent kingdom. It's an incredible kingdom. 
and Jesus is at the head of the kingdom. The joy of God's kingdom does not come from externals, but from what's going on on the inside. See, righteousness means being made right by God. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness. So the kingdom of God is a matter of being made righteous by God. And the joy of the Holy Spirit is a willingness to be led by Him. Right? Doesn't Paul talk about yielding to the Holy Spirit? Being uh, willing to be led by the Spirit. Not quenching the Spirit, not grieving the Spirit, but being led by the Spirit. Remember, the, the Holy Spirit is our power. He's our dunamis. He'll lead us and guide us in the way we should go, and boom, you know what we have? Joy. Next, number eight, joy goes to those, and you can attest to this one, who have a a generous spirit. Something about generosity. Generosity is freeing, and the end result is always joy. Now, the church at Philippi was not a wealthy church. Most of the people were barely getting by financially, but they were a joyful people. And Paul used them as an example to the very wealthy church at Corinth who were cheapskates. They were. They were stingy with what they had. But the people in Philippi, they gave a large offering to help the destitute Christians in Jerusalem. And Paul said about them in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 2, for any severe test of affliction, that means they were struggling. Oh, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord. They gave freely and willingly, beyond their means. They weren't coerced. They weren't manipulated. They weren't guilted. Oh, that's what, you you never want to give God guilt money. That doesn't work. See, life is about glorifying God. And anything we do from guilt or manipulation is useless because it doesn't give glory to God. It's got to be freely and willingly. As a matter of fact, you know what Paul said about them in verse 4? That they were begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Paul's like, no, man, you guys don't have any money. That's okay. No, we want to give. We want to give to the people in Jerusalem because we know they're struggling. <laughs> they, they had to like convince Paul to take their money to help out their brothers in Jerusalem, and yet they were struggling themselves. How does one be so generous when one has so little? Verse 5. He said, This not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. You know how they were so generous? God had their hearts. Oh, and God's got your heart. He's got it all. He's got, that's how you know God's got your heart. He's got it all. And you have a spirit of generosity because God's got you. And God, oh yeah, is a very generous God. So when they gave themselves to the Lord, man, that changed everything. And we all have to ask ourselves, have I given myself to God? You know, that's so important. How about number nine? I'm running out of time here. Joy goes to those who have faith. Some people say, let me see, then I'll believe. Well, God says, why don't you believe first, and then you will see. 
<laughs> Peter said, though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now, do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Peter's talking to people. They haven't seen Jesus, but they believe with all their heart. And that gave them great joy. But see, faith is going to be worked out. You got to put that faith to work. Okay. Finally, the last one, joy goes to those who live in that faith. Third John 1, 4. I have no, John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Here's the apostle John, right? He's got a church and he says, you know what makes me happy? Not a big offering. Not all these miracles. No, no. But that the people in the church are walking in truth. That gives me joy. That's, see, and that, that would give joy to any pastor with his salt to see his people walking in the truth of the word of God. So joy comes from seeing others that you love live in what they say they believe. And you know, you have joy when you see people you love living in the faith. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your friends. Hey, maybe it's your parents. You see them living in the faith, and it gives you joy. So think of it. Because of Christ, I can have joy. But like I said, all of these are conditions. You've got to put your trust in the Lord. You enjoy the presence of God. You're living in your salvation. You understand God's grace. You believe God created all things. You love the Word of God. You live according to the kingdom of God. You have a generous spirit. You have faith, and then you live in that faith. Think about it. Ten conditions to have divine joy, great joy, a joy that you want, a joy that everybody in the world would love to have, and it's a joy that God wants to give you. But it's a special joy. That's why it has to do with our relationship with God and His Word. That's the key. That's the condition. And then you know what? That joy is going to well up in your heart. Oh, we're not done. Oh, no, no, no. Next time we're together, because of Christ, I like this one, I can inspire. Want to be an inspiration to others? You can be. You know why? Because you're in Christ and He's in you. That's what we're going to see next time. Thanks for watching. Listen, you can get more messages on our website. These are the preaching messages. TheHopeCC.tv You can also go to the Hope Club podcast and get all these messages on demand anytime you want. They're great for drive time. Driving to work, driving home, driving, running running around, running errands, whatever it is. Tell you what, listen to the Word of God. And the joy we're talking about today, it'll be yours.